Hey everybody and welcome back to Nerd to the Third, your stop for video games, movies, and nerd culture. Episode 17. Today we're bringing you the Power of Three with your host, Nick, Nate, and the ever-rotating third chair, the best part of the best Fast and Furious movie, Drifter. Hey, good to be here. That was a good one. That thank was a really you, thank one. you. I thought I, I worked I very that. hard on it. I was like up hard last night. And I'm just like, I gotta get this. I went to sleep and then all of a sudden I woke up in a sweat and I'm like, I've got it. <laughs> um. So I mean, I, not that you need to, but typically I go, hey guest, why don't you tell people where they can find you and what you do? Uh. Well. You can find me by typing in my name, which you've probably seen the title of the episode, D-R-I-F-T-0-R, zero is in the numerical zero, and that'll pull up most of my stuff. Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, it's all pretty much just slash drifter. Noise. So if people don't know who you are, kind of just a brief, like, like what do you what do? Yeah, you for do all our Amish kind of listeners, you know, let, let okay. them know. <laughs> so I am a YouTuber, and I've been making YouTube videos for almost a decade now. I've done pretty well for myself, uh, about to hit 1.4 million subs, and I have followers on Twitter and Mixer and Twitch. I've done primarily Call of Duty, but shooters in general, and also some higher level topical videos that a lot of other people would have shied away from that I probably should have shied away from. <laughs> it's not normal that you see a Call of Duty video that discusses quickscoping and the nuances of issue framing when it comes to abortion debates oh, all in the same <laughs> context. So lots of lots of colorful videos on the channel. Bro, he's talking. You're embarrassing me in front of the wizards. Everybody's recording their own audio. You can I just know. like mute that beer but can that was pop. Funny. <laughs> um, no wait, this, 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 if this is possible. on YouTube. It has to be super family friendly. That was uh, orange soda, yep, right? It was orange. Soda. That was orange soda, exactly. Yes, yeah. Purina. Yep. Purina. Why would I? Why would I well, orange soda's you know bad for kids, so that'll probably get you demonetized. Better stick with canned yeah, water. You don't want them to get cancer, yeah. do you? Do you know, actually, do you know how hard it is to drink water out of a beer stein? It's very difficult. It's not. It's not very easy. This is the only clean dish I have in my house. <laughs> so that's why. I know that life. I grew up with a house that had two cups, and we had to clean those cups every day. So, I've got like um, twelve, uh, but most of them are like oh. not decorate. No, 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 no. I'm Look not this that fancy dirty. man no. over here with his 12 cups. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. No, 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 Most of them are like a little China stuff that we just threw in the cover or whatever. Anyway. Why does anyways. nationality matter to you? <laughs> right? Are you judging porcelain based on its country of origin? That is not very 2018 of No, you, not sir. at all. You guys are fake news. You guys are fake news over here. <laughs> Thank you for jumping fake on that news. bandwagon. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so I mean, this is kind of a special quote unquote episode. I mean, we got Drifter on here, which is really cool. Um, and first off, let me start the episode off. Thank you for joining us here. Um, I mean, especially like 1.4 million. I, I don't think I've gotten a hold of anybody with that kind of caliber. And so for you to give us, you know, the time of day, even just by responding, is one thing. But then actually coming on our show, I mean, both of us are very, very much appreciative of that. Oh, anytime. Well, I'm glad to be Great. here. Great. Um, so you know what? We're going to start off with our first segment. You want to know what pushes my buttons? Uh, 
Who pushes your button? Um, so this is just coming out. This is just recent. So, you know, this by the time, if this is disproven by the time I get everything edited, I'll make sure to edit this part out. And I guess we'll just have a shorter show. But Rockstar is allegedly, fake news, um, is allegedly not giving independent store owners Red Dead Redemption until November. Now, I mean, this is this is the hot take of all hot takes. So once again, if this is disproven, then you, I mean, you might not even be hearing this, or it got disproven after I got added in editing, and I was too lazy. So, um, but just I guess this kind of this kind of sucks, especially if you do have the whole mom and pop digital grop shops. It's it's one thing that kind of sucks. So, uh, Drifter, give me your give me your impressions. I mean, this was something actually you didn't hear about until no. we said no. something. I learned about it just in our little pre-show mm-hmm. chats, and I was like, that can't be right. So I looked it up, and the report comes from independent store owners that are calling Kotaku saying that their distributors will not give them Red Dead 2 on launch, mm-hmm. uh, not for the October 26th launch, and they may not get any copies until November. Mm-hmm. However, some stores have reported that there is a possibility that there will be extra Xbox One copies. So I'm not sure if this is a shortage mm-hmm. issue or if there is a contractual limitation yeah. that we're going to hear about soon. Is ro- <clears throat> Wow. <clears throat> swallowed something bad i think it was a dog hair got fat dogs just (laughs) shedding so anyway they could be doing something cheesy like you know how ubisoft does this a lot pre-order now at best buy and get the exclusive Mm -hmm. best buy greeter skin (laughs) like you know pre-order now at walmart and get your exclusive walmart camo on all your guns (laughs) kind of thing it could be a more extreme version of that where we're only selling the game at a certain number of retailers right. and those retailers will in turn pay Rockstar for that as I'm sure that Sony and Microsoft have each paid Rockstar to keep the game off of PC, which I'm more upset about the fact that they just said there's literally never going to be any Red Dead 2 on PC because that's BS. Right. So I would imagine there's some sort of backdoor deal that like Walmart and GameStop and Target cut where they paid some fixed price to have exclusivity of sales Mm. for some weeks. And I don't think that's going to affect too many consumers. The majority of people will probably either do digital download Mm -hmm. or go buy at Walmart or GameStop or one of the big chains. However, it completely shafts the small number of independent game store owners. Like Independent game store is kind of a rough business to be in. That's not really a high money business. I don't know a lot of independent game stores that are really doing well, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah, definitely. And they're they're getting squeezed out by big chains in competition. So this just kind of gives them the middle finger, which it's, it's dickish and rough for me to say that they're not a significant factor in the overall, like, game distribution environment. But it's it's still just f***ing rude. Yeah. We can curse on this. Is this a, is yeah. this a Christian Minecraft server? Yes, this is a Christian <laughs> one. Jesus. No. Okay. <laughs> no, you can curse. What, it, yeah, what, it, it, yeah, no worries. Sure. You just add a little duck quacks and pig winks every time <laughs> I say the word. That's what I do in my videos. Yeah, pretty um, much. Well, I mean, then we wouldn't be able to distinguish it from Nate. So, Nate, what's your opinion? <laughs> so, my... Yeah, I'm not surprised by that. <laughs> um, to, to this, I don't really have an opinion on. Um, to Red Dead 2 as a whole, I kind of do. Just in the sense of 
for one, I'm kind of tired of hearing all the news leading up to to the launch. <laughs> yeah, can't and I just enjoy my my game? Jeez. Well, it's not. Oh, it's not even a media blackout thing. It's just every single news story yeah. that comes out just kind of is making me go. I don't really even want this game. Want to play this game, mm. and which is sad because I. I love Red Dead Redemption mm-hmm. One, and I was excited for it. But for me, the kind of person, the kind of person I am, the kind of person I am, and the time that I have, like, I can't. If I get Red Dead, it's going to be like maybe in the spring when nothing else yeah. is there. Like, I, I don't have the t- like. I heard there's another story about how Red Dead's probably going to be on two discs, and it's Wait, like seriously, damn, game's just kind of yeah, game game's just kind of too big, too honestly, too big that I just there's other stuff that I can play right now, and I'm not super worried mm-hmm. about it but it's it's just kind of it, the, the zeitgeist right now is more red dead more red dead more red dead and it's kind of just being too overbearing yeah. to mm-hmm. me personally yeah and i mean it it definitely has reached that you know that peak so to speak um and it's like i i'm, I'm kind of right where you are because it's like i'm not planning on buying it i would like to play it because so I can, um, you know, report on it and everything. But, you know, for my own reasons, I'm not actually purchasing it. But at the same time, I am kind of I'm at that same spot. It's like there's so many people just talking about just how awesome it is and just, you know, oh, my God, you're just your games are never going to be the same again. And it's like until we play it, until we figure out what exactly is going on, like in what way, it, what exactly could they do? to just completely change everything about what we think about games, about how we play them. And it's like, I really feel it is just, you know, just allegories at this point. It's just like, Oh, it changed my life. Well, it's like, well, good for you. (laughs) You know, it really, well, so the way they're going to change what that's the way they're going to change it is uh, uh, spoiler alert. Red dead two is the major. Oh wait, that's big spoiler. You buy your in-game money with real money. (laughs) Those are going to be there. You know, those are going to be there. We don't know what yet, but it's going to be there. Nick Nick has a very interesting, like when we first talked Uh about red dead, he was like, I'm not going to get it because the predatory practices of GTA five. And I actually hadn't heard that point of view until you had brought yeah. it up. That's because you're living in uh, a bubble, like, man, I, and they're making the frogs gay. No, 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 no. For me, <laughs> so for me, I like, uh, I, I like that shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, I like, not it confuses the hell out of people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like GTA Online. Um, I, I think it's really fun. But when it comes to like the, this, the, the whole, hey, you can either grind thousands of hours mm-hmm. to raise enough money to get the, um, uh, like the bat, the Batmobile right. or whatever, or you can pay this much. It doesn't bother me because I'm like, I'm never going to play this game enough to get that. So it doesn't affect me. Okay. Makes sense. At least it's a fixed price. It's not, Hey, buy some boxes until the Batmobile just magically comes out of them. <laughs> oh yeah. Cause that's much but, preferable. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I guess the only advantage to that, maybe you could pay a dollar and get the Batmobile, but $100 right. of, the equivalent of $100 in game to real world money is like he said, either thousands of hours or hundred dollars. Like that is ridiculous. It's crazy. And it's not the just problem, the, the problem is the gamers will pay for it. People will just pay the money for it. And it. Even if only a hand, like, look, if only like 20 people did it, then they made what two grand. Right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and it cost them a, maybe a couple days of, you know, tweaking a couple of 
knobs and pulling that's, some levers. That's how games are going to have to go now because games cost more than $60 per sale to make. The price of games has not increased in 15 right. years, regardless of cost of living or inflation or the fact that games have higher budgets and more sales than movies and stuff. And the volume of sales, unfortunately, doesn't make up for it because the cuts that Sony and Microsoft and GameStop and Walmart and uh, your shipper and distributor and retailer have also gone up. That's why game companies push digital downloads. They get a much oh, yeah, higher right. cut of the profits. Uh, but the the microtransactions are a method of charging more than $60 for a game. Now, obviously, some companies are irresponsible as hell with mm -hmm. that, and they like to upcharge you and just bleed you dry. Other companies are a little bit more responsible, and they're just kind of trying to push gamers up to that $80 or $100 mark where they're actually turning some profit. The difficult thing is, and I get, I get constant, uh, we'll say, flack for this on my channel. Anytime I say, games should cost $100, and they're like, F you, rich boy, spoiled, F word, you get all your stuff for free, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, I just know how much it costs to make games and the price hasn't gone up. The price needs to go. If you don't want microtransactions, your base price is just going to have to go higher. Yeah. And that's even even compared to movie tickets. Movie tickets now have gone up compared to what they were 15 that's years ago, true, yeah. even at like oh, yeah. the dollar theaters. Yeah. I mean, and it, like I, I feel like a lot of people do kind of see it like from your perspective, and uh, I'd even be one of the people who would agree that like a, a GTA game being a hundred dollars, like wouldn't be that bad because it's like you know what you're getting. The problem arises when the developer is the one that gets to decide what X, Y, and Z are worth. And so then you get some people, like you said, that do it right or quote unquote, in my opinion, right. <laughs> Um, and then you get other people who just, they, like, I think the most recent example would have to be, uh, just escape me. Single player game had microtransactions in it. Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed. Odyssey. Yeah. Assassin's Creed is yeah. the most recent. Hey, do you want to randomly grind levels <laughs> for 20 hours or do you just want to play the last half of the campaign with microtransactions? Exactly. Like, that. And then on top of that, a lot of people are pissed off about Devil May Cry. You can get the red orbs and it's like. But it's on the one hand, I want to be as, you know, I, I want to give certain developers the benefit of the doubt and go, you know what? It costs more, but the price hasn't gone up. It's like, I trust you. But then you have little stuff like that. It's like you don't buy red orbs in like God of War. And yet God of War is an absolutely amazing game. And so when you when you put like, especially like. Devil May Cry and God of War when you put those type of games right next to each other and it's like well here's here's one no microtransactions awesome game great story you know the best graphics in mankind ever created and then you have Devil May Cry which might be a little bit more twitchy a little bit more combo based but still it's kind of a similar game and they're like oh you know what our game is not good enough you should pay us more in order to skip forward and you know like i'm on the jim sterling side where it's like you know the if it's not good enough by itself and you're trying to get me to skip the game then like that's not saying a lot about your game no that's terrifying when you see single player campaigns that allow you to skip mm -hmm. around 
Well, you, there's. Uh, I do think that Black Ops Three kind of did it right in that the whole campaign was unlocked from the beginning, and you can just pick what missions you want to play. Yeah. Like if you just don't want to do a mission, you don't just have to do that. But there's other games I've played going back for like ages to where you just had the option at some points. Like you would, there were some parts you'd have to play, and then you'd hit some levels, and you'd have the option like, do you want to skip these levels? And I'm like, what? Really? Mm-hmm. I get to just hit X to skip all these levels? And coincidentally, in that game, uh, it was uh, not very fun levels. So those were there for a reason. <laughs> and that's... that's uh, so it kind of gave you an out. Yeah, that's yeah. very... That's a very spooky indicator of game quality when there are level skip options built into yeah. it. Well, it's... It's, uh, it's like with Assassin's Creed in particular, I remember when they introduced... Um, microtransaction i think i think it was unity because that was the first time yeah, i ever I think so because they had the multiplayer as well. yeah well i remember the helix credits be, credits being a big issue because there was a report that someone made about how they purchased the highest bundle you could get and still had money left over because they had already bought everything and they were talking about how the system was broken mm-hmm. um i i know that helix has been still been in the game after that like i know it was an origins and i know it's an odyssey um but even in both of those, I haven't really... I mean, Odyssey, um, not particular, but in Origins, I never noticed like a need to purchase them. Like, maybe for better equipment, but... That's how um, they get Going you. back to the... <laughs> well, going back to the games like as more expensive, I'm, I'm also in the camp of, I'll pay more for it. You know, if, it's, if a game's going to be $80, $70, $80, $80, that's fine. And like even... Like, Greg Biller and... <laughs> Excuse me, I had a... <laughs> I had a... At a uh, air bubble, Greg Miller and all them from kind of funny. They've had conversations like dozens mm-hmm. of times about like the Witcher, Witcher three, for example. The Witcher three, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, and Red Dead Redemption two are all examples of games that I would not be surprised if they wanted to charge a hundred hundred dollars mm-hmm. or more for it. Because when you've basically created this other world, this actual playable, livable mm-hmm. other world, sure, sell it to me for one hundred and twenty bucks. I agree with you, but I don't think a lot of other gamers would. A lot of people, and we're doing very negative stereotyping, make choices on purchases based only on price. The number one thing I learned in business school is that that price number will matter more than your marketing, more than your brand, more than your features, more than how good the product actually is. That price number is the number one thing, which is why airlines, with the exception of Southwest, but pretty much every other airline works super hard to get their economy price just stupidly dirt cheap and then first class is higher but they nickel and dime you like if you go fly let's say i'm gonna pick on american airlines because they're like the mcdonald's cheeseburger of airlines (laughs) here in the u.s you get on american airlines it'll say like 200 bucks from here to new york okay oh well there's this fee and that fee and by the time you're done paying fees and taxes it turned into 240 dollars and then when you get there there's a bag check fee and a second bag check fee if you're taking a long trip. And then when you get on the plane, if you want anything other than water, that's like $15 there. And if you want to watch some of the content on the TV, it's another $5. And the Wi-Fi is $10 for the flight. And by the time you're done, if you if you enjoy these things, by the time you're done with it, you'll have spent $300, $320. And that's kind of how games are doing. But the reason they do this, American Airlines and games, is because they know that Let's say, um, trying to think of a good example, God of War and Devil May Cry, okay? Mm -hmm. So let's say that 
Devil May Cry came out as a $20 game with microtransactions, it would just get way more sales than God of War. And then people would probably spend on the microtransactions in the same way that if Red Dead 2 and Cyberpunk launched head-to-head same date, I know that's not going to happen, just two big single-player juggernauts throwing down, and Cyberpunk said, our game's $120, but we will have free DLC and microtransactions for life. And Red Dead was like, we're $60 with other things. Yep. I guarantee you Red Dead's going to sell more Mm -hmm. because the average person and the casual gamer and the mom and the dad and the person shopping for presents and respectfully gamers that are not wealthy and have to make very serious decisions about their entertainment dollars are just going to go with a cheaper one because they have the 60 today and they can spend the 5 and the 10 and the other 10 later and it's not that big a deal, but they may not be able to justify that 120 up front. I mean, you look at Fortnite as a perfect example of, I think one of the only reasons, maybe not uh, maybe not the only one, I'm going to give it some credit, obviously, but one of the main reasons I feel like it blew the f*** up is because it was free. You got PUBG, you have tons of people who are looking at PUBG, they're watching their favorite Twitch streamers, you know, but here's this thing that, you know, is unabashedly very similar and, but hey, it's free and it's kooky. So of course that's why it did. Then you look at uh, mobile games. It's free, but PUBG is very expensive. Yeah. It's only $30, but you have to have a $2,000 PC to play it. Oh yeah, right. Um, But then you look at mobile games. and mobile games are the same way where you have tons that are um, like free to play, quote unquote. But then you have really good ones that you have to pay for. So, OK, go ahead, Nate. Sorry. Well, so my, oh, no, it's mobile okay. games are like cancer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I have so many companies want me to do things with their mobile games. And I just I usually email them dick pics back and stuff like that. <laughs> so It'll well, just be like some company with some super bad microtransaction system. And they're like, hey, we want you to make a video with our game and encourage your fans to buy this. And I'll just like get on, I'll just like get on Google and like a diseased penis. And I'm like, why don't you buy this and just send it in? <laughs> well, so real quick, something I, because I, I just, I, before coming on the show, I went to go see Venom. Something diseased penis made you think of Venom. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, no, the is... mobile games. No, the mobile games. Uh, the in the opening, like part of where that has like the directed by mm-hmm. or whatever. One of the things that um, I think it was produced by or something like that was Tencent. What? It was Tencent Pictures? Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's interesting. Tencent does a lot of American movies. They did. Uh, they were. In, I think they partially worked on the Meg. They worked on King oh, Kong. Wow. They worked on a little bit on the Avengers because. If you're going to distribute in China, you got to go through Tencent for the most yeah. part, or maybe maybe like a couple other companies. Yeah, it's the Vic. It's going to get a cut. Yep. And Tencent is not really a as much a technology firm as they used to be, as much as they are a big licensing and investing group. Mm-hmm. There is a Pacific Rim was pretty much entirely a Tencent production with the very clearly Chinese characters and voice acting and stuff. It's oh yeah, that makes it, sense. It's interesting. Uh, well, so my real quick, my hypothetical question would be. If we raise the um, cost of games, or the the cost of the barrier barrier to entry, mm-hmm. uh, would could that potentially be good for the gaming community in the yes. sense of it may wean out some of the toxicity from the barrier of entry being higher than just sixty bucks? Well, it definitely would be. It would be good for the majority of the gaming community. It would disproportionately punish low-income gamers it would squeeze Mm -hmm. them 
I don't know what percentage that would be, and that's usually not the group that you want to punish because it feels bad. Right, right. Uh, However, in the long run of things, if games were priced appropriately, then there would be less need for microtransactions and less need for predatory practices, which meant that developers could again focus on making their games better and not have to worry about how to game the system. Because I've been in the gaming industry a while now on the YouTube side, which is kind of a weird side, but I can't tell you how many developers have told me, well, we built the game this way, and then corporate came in and said, well, the shareholders are demanding mm. higher returns, so we want microtransactions, and they had to go back and rework things and force microtransactions in there. Not one game company, but a ton of game companies. Right. They all have to do it because corporate demands. It's usually, now there's some studios out there, developers that just like money, but usually it's a publisher or whoever the their financial beholders are that want those microtransactions. Yeah. I mean, there's that and one... I think on average... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, on average, I think they do like average out to be about another 40 to $60 a player, so about 100 or 120 total for the game. Right. Um, but yeah, there was that one um, interview with uh, Lord Vanderhall. And he was basically <laughs> saying how praise, praise, praise be. be. Um, but Lord Vanderhall, he said basically they had one title that they wanted for Blackout, but Activision came in pretty much and was like, "Oh no, we're going to call it Blackout." <laughs> and it's like you could almost see the anguish in his eyes because it's like, "No, we, we want to call it, we want to call it this." And I almost kind of wish. Did he, did he even say what that no, was? Yeah, it was on uh, Game Informer, so you can watch it on Game Informer. But it's like, ah. yeah, you could tell. It's like we had one title. We all agreed on it. And th- that's saying something. You know, you have like hundreds of people, and they're all like, dude, this this title is the best title to call it. And then Activision comes in with their suits and their money, and they're like, you're going to call it Blackout. And they're like, yes, yes. <laughs> Or we'll call it Blackout. Blackout's not the worst title I've well, ever true. heard. Well, true. You know, I'm not ragging necessarily on that fact that it's called Blackout. I'm ragging on the fact that that's not what they wanted to call it. And something as small right. as a title. Like, think of The Last of Us. Like, what if it had to be called, you know, Fungus Zombies? Like... <laughs> <laughs> that happens. Uh, there was an interview a while back for, do you remember, I'm derping on the game, Bioshock mm-hmm. 2. And how people shit on the cover because it was like a handsome manly man with a shotgun, you know, holding a woman. And the developers talked about developing that title art uh, or box art because Bioshock 1 was very artsy, but it didn't sell well enough. And they did a lot of research and they interviewed people. Just they went to literally talk to gamers one on one. And what they determined was that the box art, the more like action hero it is, the more honestly, the more generic it is the more wide appeal. So when you make a box art that's got handsome man with guns, saves the mm-hmm. woman, there's way more people going to buy that than uh, a really eccentric box art, like, say, Mirror's Edge or mm-hmm. what was another... Like, one of the... Uh, like, Cyberpunks will probably re- be really eccentric. That doesn't appeal to enough people to justify True. the sales. So the compromise the Bioshock team made was, well, we're just going to make this, this dude bro box art and but we get to make our game however we yeah. want it. It's like the closest they can get it to make it look like a porno novel cover is better. <laughs> yeah, no, it's very simple. When you when you start dealing with marketing, things get weird and focus groups is so much weirder. Oh, right. Focus groups are a nightmare. Oh yeah, I would totally know because we've been in so many, right, Nate? 
Well, the, the only focus groups like that that I visually have experience with is is whenever they do the gag on uh, <clears throat> Practical Jokers. Those are my favorite. Oh God, segments. that's so awesome! Yeah, it's uh, there, man. It's <laughs> you can. Get, I know there's movies that have been ruined from focus groups. Like, oh yeah, right. What was one? What was the Will Smith movie with vampires? I am um, Legend. I am Legend. Yep. They. Yeah, they completely redid that movie based on focus groups. Same thing with Suicide Squad and some other stuff. That makes sense. I bet Last Jedi was probably on that list, too. I'd imagine they didn't do as many focus groups (laughs) because if they did focus groups, then somebody would have noticed some of the glaring plot holes or logical problems. Like gravity in space? The strange nihilistic tone of the movie where nothing changed and nothing mattered and all of your efforts are wasted and almost everybody dies for no reason whatsoever oh i'm loving this yeah <laughs> i can i can see you holding back such a radically different opinion no 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 to to be 100 percent fair to be 100 percent honest i i am aware that the last jedi so is very problem not problematic mm. but there's a lot of issues with it um where i come from just in the sense of like you see me holding back is just like the way that uh i view star wars just being so close to me like growing up like i kind of i'm kind of one of those that i'm like i see it has problems i still kind of enjoyed the ride i enjoy parts over some other parts (laughs) but like i i don't (sighs) Mm, that's hard when i talk about the prequels too (laughs) they're 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 rough uh I think I actually put The Last Jedi at the very bottom, below the yeah. prequels. No, I take, I I take put, that back. I, I take that back. Attack of the Clones at the bottom, then The Last yes, Jedi. I agree with that. Yeah. So, hold on. Let me... I will say The Last Jedi was beautifully filmed. It had some of the best oh, shots yeah. in Star Wars oh, yeah. that has, there's ever been. I think been. that's what makes it so hard on your soul, is that like you look at it, and it's like, this is a very pretty movie, and out of the you know, the whole set, the whole saga, I would say that it is one of the most beautifully filmed, but like, that's almost what makes the knife in your back hurt more is because it's like, it's just, it's star Wars, but it's not. So, and there's so many, it's it's like going places. It's like, all right, we're going to go train on the Island. No, Luke Skywalker, the hero. No. (laughs) Okay. Uh, like, Oh, you know, Kylo Ren, and Ray are having this thing, Don't and it's really touching, anything. and they can force time each other through their force app. Force through, time, yeah. <laughs> like you know, and it's like maybe Kylo Ren's not all bad. Maybe maybe this will be a reverse plot. Mm-hmm. You know, Kylo Ren's going to turn good, and Ray is going to go to the dark side. Maybe they're both going to be neutral. Maybe they're going to join sides, yeah. and this is going to take a big turn. And Finn is going to have to be the emotional weight of the show. And there's so like so many cool things like oh we finally get to meet Snoke and then nothing happens Snoke dies instantly oh. Kylo Ren is angry and mad and killing people for no reason and then Rey who basically just, just goes back on everything <laughs> and she's like save the rebels now and oh, like yeah. that's yeah. that's the the whole movie that bothered <laughs> me or um what is it <laughs> Lucio and May go on an adventure to the gambling planet uh that's finn and uh rose finn and rose i just i saw the meme and that's what i really remember and i'm like okay this is kind of a good dynamic except it's a little awkward that she has a crush on him but he likes ray i mean yeah it's hard to have a love triangle when it's acute right but then it's like we're being chased 
let's just sneak off this ship without anybody noticing. And then they kind of sneak back on later, oddly. But they go on this big adventure to find the 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 hacker and they 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 screw up finding the hacker spectacularly and then they decide to trust a random guy in a cell <laughs> who's like hey maybe he's, this is the real hacker maybe this is a criminal that's just as good and then he just betrays them and all of the work they did was completely wasted for mm-hmm. nothing uh the same kind of thing at the end of the movie finn is going to ram that oh! big uh jet engine that's going to oh! blow up the Base. Oh, you're going where I think you're going, and I, 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 I feel it. It's, it's so. Some people are saying that's stupid, and yeah, it is. Like, is that ship going to take out that jet engine? I don't know, but it's Finn's. It's Finn's story mm-hmm. arc of being a stormtrooper and having PTSD and hating and regretting and being ashamed of his old life and loving his new friends, and he's decided that this is his hill to die on, and it's worth his life to break that damn yep. machine so that his friends can keep mm-hmm. living. And then here comes Rose. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do it, Don't Finn. Don't do it. You're I worth... love you. You ha- you have to live. We we have to we have to live for each other. And it was like you just recklessly crashed your ship into him, which is okay. Um, but then it's like, oh, we're gonna live until they come and capture us in the desert and execute us and blow our friends up with that giant cannon right? over there. Oh my god, that that, that was probably <sighs> one of the biggest. Like out of all the moments, that was probably one of the worst parts about it. Is just like here's well, no, the, the worst. The worst part about it was her just. Exactly. For no reason. Even like, his I, face. I, we understand even you Finn's had a crush on him, but it's was like, just like, what the f*** is happening right now? <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. I've been, this entire well, time he's been chasing booty on Ray, and even when he first sees Ray, he doesn't like awkwardly like, oh, hi, how's it going? Here's a handshake. No, he goes up to her, he's like, hey, girl, I knew you were going to be okay. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, but there's so much of that. With another, the, the whole movie could be summed up in a nutshell. Okay, Luke Skywalker wants to destroy the ancient Jedi records, the the books, because they're, um, which is kind of like Nazi Germany. But go on. He, he doesn't believe that the Jedi should exist, which is very nihilistic and weird, given how his character was been. And we can talk about how Mark Hamill didn't want to do it this way, but he signed on and he agreed and he gave it mm-hmm. his best. So he says, okay, I'm going to destroy these ancient Jedi texts. We're not going to teach them to anybody in the new generation. We're going to let this knowledge die. So he goes to the tree to set it on fire, and he just can't do it. It's not in his heart. It's too valuable. Bam, lightning comes down and does it for him randomly out of nowhere. Then Yoda shows up out of nowhere and lectures him. And Yoda's like, yeah, man, I did that for you. Those books are useless. They don't need to know anything about it. So that whole drama and scene just got completely shit on. And then in like the next scene or two, or like at the end mm. of the movie, there's Ray with the books. <laughs> she just took them anyway, so it had no yeah. meaning whatsoever. So, the, so the there's there's a part of that I actually like though, because basically the whole theme of the movie is nothing that you like matters. This and isn't an a episode part of, of Rick part and Morty that, though. <laughs> that, but there's a part, but there's a part of that that I actually really enjoy. Like I I didn't like that they just flat out killed Snoke because I thought. You know, a I love Andy Circus, but also I was hoping that they would do something really big. He'd turn into a monkey, but but I but I do I kind of like the like oh like I I like when I watched the movie I was like I don't know what's going to happen next, and that kind of I kind of that's exciting to me. And now having JJ come back for the ninth one, I'm like, all right. This the biggest problem I have with the Last Jedi is the fact of um, Ryan Johnson. Looper is one of my all time favorite Mm, movies. Like, I think Looper is just so well done. And uh, when I found out he was directing episode eight, and I was like, oh, it's going to be great. And there's just so much wasted potential, like, especially with Benicio del Toro. Oh, my God. Like, yes. I mean, the 
I hate it. Like it got on my nerves the entire time. I just why like don't you like but people? It, with it goes back to you're probably right about the what you like doesn't matter is kind of the point mm-hmm. of the movie, and that's a bigger boy tone than Star Wars, which is typically a like it caps out at about a 13 year old's kind of understanding of how adventure works, and, and that's that's the fantasy and the appeal of it. This one was much darker and meaner and more real in that, yeah, sometimes you can make no mistakes and still lose. We're mixing Star Trek quotes in there now. And that's really real. Uh, But it didn't, I don't think it fit with Starwell, Star Wars. And it was overwhelmingly, not even if the movie itself wasn't that dark, it was very nihilistic. Like even some of the funnier Rick and Morty episodes that aren't even messed up have that same kind of philosophy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But you mix that in with just a little bit of dumb. For instance, actually, I've, I've complained about all these things. I didn't complain about my biggest complaint about the movie. <laughs> the ships are being chased away, and it's kind of a low-speed chase because if they jump, they're just going to jump after them, and it doesn't make much yeah. difference, right? And this is sort of a totally different thing for Star Wars. This is more of a Star Trek kind of thing where you're mat- matching fuel and you're trying to stay ahead. Yeah, that's a good point. And that's really interesting. Like, this is a real sort of science fiction chase. And... The lady in charge, uh, I guess Queen Purple Hair, I forget her name, comes in charge and she says, okay, everybody maintain course. And you can see everybody in the room because I guess the actors have to act their part. They're like, okay, what's the plan? The plan is maintain course. Poe comes in and like, ma'am, what's the plan? I think we can do something. It's like, you do nothing. You go sit in the corner and wait. And you know, the admirals are like, madam, what's the plan? Maintain the... like what the hell like, they're just telling me to keep going till i run out of fuel and they keep about like eight times in the movie they keep asking her what the plan mm-hmm. is and she basically tells them they don't need to know nobody needs right? to know and obviously there is a plan at the end to save everybody which again fails is double nihilistic but she could have just said okay the plan is we're going to run a long time until we, we we pass by this planet and then we're going out on pods why the hell not just mm-hmm. say that why not just say poe you don't have to uh, commit treason or whatever and go on your own dangerous mission, you can just wait for like two hours and we're jettisoning out of here. Mm. Nope. I am in charge, and because I'm in charge I don't have to tell you anything. And well, like, so... T- this quickly turned into open discussion, so... <laughs> so let me ask you a quick question. How'd you feel about Solo? How'd, how'd I feel about what? Solo. I didn't watch it. Okay. It's fine. Neither did anybody else. It's not else. the last Hell. Jedi by any means. I loved <laughs> um, what was Rogue One was great. Yeah, right. And I yeah. really like The Force Awakens as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's just such weird stuff. Did you ever watch the Mr. Plinkett review of The Last Jedi? No. Uh, there's a chance I did, but I watched a lot of it. That's true. I, it was that's a two-hour review. Oh, Jesus. The, no, I didn't. No, yeah, definitely no, not. So there's a YouTube channel called Red Letter Shane Media, Dawson and they have a, a character... <laughs> called Mr. Plinkett that reviews movies, and they're usually about an hour long, and they're also usually hilarious. Okay. Uh, The way he described The Last Jedi is, this should have been a good movie. You had all these talented people, and you can tell they worked really hard on it, and some parts were really good. And even when you look at the plot, you see there's a lot of good ideas there, but they're good in kind of like a high school literature essay kind of way (laughs) that was... Pretty well put together the night before, but didn't really get polished or double checked and definitely wasn't ready to be turned in yet. <laughs> you're, Nick, you're right. This turned into a fucking random tangent about the last. Yeah, so um, main Look, point is movies, I can Red talk Dead Redemption movies. should be in small stores. 
This is not a video game <laughs> podcast. This is a movie podcast. Let's talk about Suspiria. Anybody see Suspiria? Long time what ago. What is Suspiria? Oh, you're missing out. Uh, there's a remake coming out, but the old one's fantastic. It's 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 not that old. It's like late 70s, early oh, 80s. Okay. It's it's one of the few scary movies that is also truly an art film. Mm, interesting. It's it's a it's a hell of a ride. It's it's a movie that is almost 100 percent style over substance, but it it gets you near the end. Even though I think only like two people die in the whole movie, mm. it's hard to it's hard to say anything about it without spoilers. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that was that was a fun. I think that that'll if we just want to keep going with open discussions, we can <laughs> because that's pretty much what it got turned into was um, is open discussions. Um, but let's go. Let's go ahead and move on to our, our next segment: um, lists. So uh, I, okay. I thought, perfect, since we have the uh, Master of Call of Duty on here, we might as well talk about some Call of Duty. More specifically, our top Call of Duty experiences, both single-player, multiplayer, zombies. So I just thought we'd pick a couple and shoot the Or if you're me, you'll pick, like, 14, just because I don't know how to make decisions. Lists are hard. All right, Drifter. It's not just that. I like to be complicated. Drifter, why don't you start yeah. us off? Give us a single-player experience. Oh, you know, back in the day. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> when they used to exist, you know, back then. I loved the intro to Call of Duty 2. Oh, okay. The one where it's like you're in Russia and you're training, mm-hmm. and they're like, you're like throwing – you pick up potatoes and throw them in rings, and – you ask your commander, like, why are we throwing potatoes instead of grenades? He's like, Vasily, these grenades are more valuable than you, so you throw potatoes. <laughs> just so many fun moments. Like, you crawl through the pipes in... Not Pripyat. I'm derping on this one. Uh, Stalingrad. And the Nazis hear you, and they shoot through the pipes. And it just... You're, it's almost pitch black. And then all these little pinholes of light start popping in your pipe yeah. as you as you squeak through. And you fight people. Uh, close quarters combat in Stalingrad while everybody's cursing at you in Russian. And everything's on fire. And... It, such an awesome opening to a campaign. Since then, I haven't been that into COD campaigns. Mm. They have some good moments. Primarily, uh, the the Modern Warfare series has more memorable moments with like No Russian and the uh, Gillies in the Mist. But for overall quality, Black Ops is the best consistent yes. fun story all the way through from killing Castro to Noriega and uh, all sorts of crazy stuff. Except for Black Ops 3, though. That was a weird one. Uh, yeah. I didn't. I, that's one that I didn't finish all the way. You weren't missing. Anything. Yeah. I I finished it and I had no idea what was going on and that made me sad because I love. I can't think of the actor's name. Um, the uh, main actor that was in um, <clears throat> uh, Law and Order SVU and a bunch of other things. Did you play the nightmares mode? Yes. Okay. I think so. That's the mode that actually explains the story. Oh. So then no, because I didn't okay. know what was going on. Yeah, so the story, uh, this is something I wanted to make a video on. You know you're dead the whole time in Black Ops 3, right? Aww. I kind of gathered that. Like, after playing through it a few times, I kind of gathered that. So the, the, the gist of Black Ops 3 is that you and all the other characters are long dead, like hundreds of years ago dead. Oh, Jesus. And you're in storage... And what you experience is your digitized DNI thing in your head just kind of cycling through memories and storage over and over and over again. 
so it's they call it dreaming and you play through the dream of your life which is why when you're done and you kind of awaken and realize what's going on it turns into the nightmare mode because you realize you're trapped Hmm. interesting interesting i like that okay um so nate what's a what's a single player for you so i can second the whole whole black ops campaigns especially the first Mm -hmm. one um being fantastic uh, like the story at first when i played black ops like the multiplayer the black ops one i didn't care for it just because I, I just as far as it looked like for example i remember a huge complaint i had was the acog site in black mm-hmm. ops oh my this is just useless the, the, yeah it was useless but it's also like this visually isn't doing anything for me it, it was just the the like the lowest quality one that i'd seen thus far but uh, the multiplayer I warmed up on a lot more, like probably um, I think it came out in November and then January I picked it back up. Um, but I remember loving the campaign. As far as one of my favorite moments, it's actually in Black Ops Two, um, and that's going to be the the gunfight that you have with Skrillex's uh, try it out in the in the in the, in the, in the club. Yeah, because yeah, it just breaks the the song breaks down, and then you're like slow motion to going back to like normal pace shooting, and it just I remember. I had the same experience in Far Cry 3 whenever you're burning the pot plants and making Bundams playing. Like, that was the same experience that I had. Um, besides that, I know Modern Warfare 2, pretty much everyone either picks Cliffhanger, No Russian, or, um, like, the, the ending, pretty much. But the Gulag, I think, was one of my favorite missions mm-hmm. in Modern Warfare 2. Just because the gameplay of it was super fun, frenetic, and then you get to where you're going and you're like, oh, we're here to rescue Price. And the back and forth that Price and Soap have, I just remember really enjoying. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say as far as like story wise, my very favorite um, story was actually like Modern Warfare 2. And that's just because like I liked the idea of like World War Two, And so now it's coming to our shores and then like fighting them off. And, like, you're even, like, fighting off, you know, invasion, like, inside a Burger King or a Taco Bell or, you know. And I really like oh, that idea. defend the Burger Town. Ramirez, do everything. <laughs> right. Yeah, Ramirez. Yeah. Um, but, like, I really like that. And I think my very favorite part, one that just, like, really, like, is burnt into my brain is right after the EMP goes off. And so like, even like your radical, you can't see through your radical, you see some people up front and you're like, um, I think you say lightning or something. And so like, you're, you're saying to yourself, please say thunder, please say thunder. And so finally they say thunder and it's like, okay, but then you come up to another group and then, you know, the gets real and you start shooting or whatever but that like tenseness um reminds me of like modern warfare one when you're like crawling through the glass grass i almost said glass grass Mm -hmm. when you're crawling through the grass and like the vehicles are going by and it's like super tense and so that's one of my that's one of my other favorite parts as well that reminds me i'm gonna throw you a curveball there was one mission from a much hated game that i loved I loved playing as the dog in COD Ghost. Oh, yeah. Nice. That was nice, fun. The rest of that campaign, I just slept through. Yeah. The dog I mission think, was so fun. Mm-hmm. So I want to know, I, I kind of want to know, like, like a kind of Danny O'Dwyer no-clip documentary situation. I, I, I kind of want to know what happened with that campaign, if anything. Just because, I mean, 
I, am I am I wrong to say that when that was announced, everyone assumed that Ghost from Modern Warfare Two was going to have something something to do? No, with the game? You're, you're not wrong. They still have branding issues. Infinity Ward has had branding issues for their last two games. They have Call of Duty Ghosts with an S that the majority of people still say COD Ghost singular because of Ghost Riley in Modern Warfare 2. Mm-hmm. And they expected him to come back there, and they almost kind of teased it, but then they didn't. And even when I was doing YouTube and SEO and tags, I had to type in Ghost singular and Ghost plural <laughs> to get both of the search results. Yep. Then their next game is Infinite Warfare by Infinity Ward coming out <laughs> close to Infinity War the movie. Oh, uh, wow. And everybody was like, well, it's actually a year or two before, but everybody knew it was coming. Right, right. So I have people say, why did Infinity War make a bad game? Why did Infinite Warfare make a bad game? Why did Infinite Warfare make Infinity Ward? And it just gobbledygook. Mm -hmm. Somebody just did a terrible job branding all of those names. But as for the Ghosts campaign, I do know they had a lot stacked against them. So during Modern Warfare 3 was when the studio split. And uh, Mm. a lot of the top talent left, and it left, we'll just say, not as many of the top guys. So they had to hire out. Mm. And I know they had to outsource out and take in Neversoft and some stuff to finish. And Mm. they started working on Ghost with less talent. Uh. Well, then in the middle of that, you have the console launches. So they dropped the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One. And Activision obviously has contracts. So it's like, all right, Infinity Ward. You have to make your game run on Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, PC, Xbox One, and PlayStation 4. Oh, by the way, you're not going to get the dev kits until like six months before the consoles oh, right. come out. Yeah. And I do know one uh, story with Xbox in particular that Microsoft sent out the console dev kit. Okay. But they didn't send out the software until like way later. And what they didn't tell you is that the operating system used like 15% of the power constantly for the Kinect and for other things. So they built the game to use the system and then they had to like squeeze out 10% more performance somehow because they didn't allocate for the uh, operating system, which was insane. And you're crunching for five consoles, two new ones with less staff and half your talent. And it just it just punished them severely. Yeah, that makes sense. That that definitely. I, I never I never I remember Ghost coming out because I remember being like, oh, I'm gonna buy it for PS3, and then I turned it in to get the PS4 version when the PS4 came out. So, mm-hmm. but I never kind of equated development wise that that would be such an issue. Yeah, I mean, but you can see it sense. because like some yeah, of the campaign exactly. missions are great. Like the like the dog one was pretty good. Yeah, I liked the one in space. The space one was was pretty good. I, yes, that I was all. Oh, that was a super fun one too. But then a lot of the other campaign, especially as you go further along, it gets worse. And you see it with some of the multiplayer maps being fantastic That's and, you know, interactive and transformable. And then lots of other maps just being garbage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think Ghost, in, in, one of, in my opinion, is probably one of the more, like underappreciated one it's like i it it's my last jedi for for equating it to to nate you know because i just like see i feel like it's that and i feel like it's ghosts for me or modern warfare 3 because modern warfare 3 campaign and multiplayer i enjoyed a Mm -hmm. lot i feel like it it kind of in the in like the main i don't want to say mainstream but in the main eye gets a lot more flack yeah. and no probably for reasons love mw3 well like i've seen like people when when people do lists or whatever they always talk about how much they didn't like modern warfare 3 and i'm like it was 
kind of just a continuation of Modern Warfare 2, like as far as <laughs> multiplayer goes. So, I mean, but I, I, I know that, like, I've got a buddy who loves Ghosts, mm-hmm. like the multiplayer. Like, before Black, Black Ops 4 came out, that was his main. He would just play that all the yeah. time. I don't know how. The multiplayer was the worst part, dude. You had insta-kill <laughs> dogs and IEDs everywhere and, and all sorts of weird glitches. And- I liked it at launch, and then following, I was just like, I can't. I just... Uh, that's yeah. when I fell out. Bad of. spawns, insane time to kills, leaning that was that was glitched. Your hitbox wouldn't match your lean animation. <laughs> the bomb glitch in Search and Destroy. So many bad things about ghosts that just drove me crazy. <laughs> All right, so multiplayer. What what multiplayer experiences would you say are your favorite drifter? Oh boy, I've played so many multiplayer games. Uh, <laughs> In Call of Duty, favorite multiplayer experiences. Probably some of my favorite experiences with COD have been on Blackout recently. Nice. I love Blackout mode and the emergent gameplay you get with vehicles and just crazy fights. Uh, playing main stage with Pinkwall versus actual pro teams was really fun in Advanced Warfare. And I did have... Hmm, I'm trying to think. Dun, 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 dun. Favorite multiplayer experience. I think one of my favorite experiences was at a reveal event. Which one was it? Hmm. I think it was for Black Ops 4 more recently. Uh, We were playing Alpha, and I got there, and I I noticed that it wasn't balanced properly. So I put, like, ten attachments on my pistol. Oh, jeez. And all, all the YouTubers and pros and, like, really sweaty boys were there. And I just mopped up and went like 40 and 2 tack knifing people. Very satisfying. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nate? Black Ops 4. Go ahead. No, Nate. I was just saying your name. Oh, well, so like, yeah, I remember um, when the beta was going on and, and uh, you know, you're posting your, your videos. The one in particular that I, I showed to Nick and everyone else was uh, when you were talking about the, um, uh, what was it? The frames. Uh, the video about uh, where when you would be bleeding out, it was like you, you break, you broke down. I don't remember what the title of it was. Oh, so when you, you get broke... shot, when you get shot, your screen the would flinch, just go dark. Yeah. 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 yeah it's still in the game. One. It's still annoying. Yeah. Well, I remember, um, the armor being a big issue too. And then now I, I don't see it nearly as much. Um, but for me, favorite multiplayer experiences, uh, one of the obvious ones would be rust from MW two. Oh, I mean, God. that's, that's where everyone, everyone goes to, to, to beef out. Um, but uh, I think Black Ops 2's multiplayer as a whole is some of my favorite experiences. Mm-hmm. Kind of like with Halo. Like Halo 3, everyone loves. Well, that's Halo Reach for me because I spent almost all of my time in Halo mm-hmm. Reach and got, I think, to... I mean, I got really, really high up there. I, I wasn't like like reclaim or anything like that, but I put a lot of hours into Black Ops 2 and it, it was my favorite for uh, a long time. Um, and I don't know, Black Ops 4 is starting to get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm still getting adjusted to the multiplayer as a whole, um, which I find very funny that I'm playing less Black Ops 4 maps than actual Black Ops 1 maps. Like in my in my lobby rotations, it's either yeah, jungle people vote summit, for the for the old yep. maps, man. Yep. You did remind me though of my actual favorite moment. It just came back nuke boosting in modern warfare 2 with hacks 
Uh, people could mod their game to where they would get a guaranteed nuke in a care package and they would run hardline or whatever, so it only took like three or four kills. Oh, nice. And this oh, kid did it the game before, uh, and I learned his little tricks. So the next game, I followed him around and watched him get four kills and then called in his care package. So then I shot him in the back and called in the nuke for my team. And in the next lobby, I could hear this nine-year-old just screaming and raging and call me all sorts of words. And it was, it was a very satisfying moment. Yeah. Uh, I, I miss, I, I miss those, the, the, I miss compilation videos. Like uh, some of the really good Black Ops 1, Black Ops 1 ones, one, one. where they would either do the skits or there was one where they, they were playing a gun game and this dude was following this kid around just stabbing him. <laughs> and he was like, oh, yes. Like, they were resetting him constantly. Yeah. I remember that. Oh, man. So uh, multiplayer for me, I'd say, um, I have to agree with you as far as like Black Ops 2 is probably the one of the best experiences as far as like as a whole. Um, I'll say this much. It's the only Call of Duty game I played enough to actually prestige at all like at, i think in most call of duties if i made it past like 30 or something 30 or 40 or, or you know somewhere in that range like that was usually my range usually by the time i played there i'm like you know like i feel like i've played enough but black ops and part of the reason is is because my wife um played it with me and so it was actually like more of a a bonding experience and so it was so much easier for me to get into it because it's like if she got home for instance she was at work or whatever and she got home instead of being like you know oh well can we watch something together can we go watch a movie blah blah blah, blah. instead she'd be like hey can i join in the next match and i'm like well yeah you can so <laughs> it was like super easy for me to get into it not only that but like i i think black ops 2 is like the only multiplayer game my wife has ever played by herself like without me usually i can get her to play a multiplayer game but it, it has to be like with me so like black ops is the only one that she's actually ever played by herself i'm not even home or anything like that so um so yeah i have to agree with you on that um, well, like even prestiging, I think prestiging, especially in Call of Duty games, is a fantastic barometer for the longevity mm-hmm. of it. Um, but like going back to ghosts, no, well, you don't, you don't agree. I think it's a grind. I hate grinds. Well, no, no, no. I, I know for for me personally, that's a good barometer of if oh, I enjoy the multiplayer gotcha. enough to prestige. So like I don't ghosts, care for the mechanic, like grinding out all my stuff again, just super yeah, boring. Yeah, no, that. I get that. But I'm the same way with him. Black Ops 2, I've, I prestiged a, a good few times. And then I think I did for Modern Warfare 3 as well. But uh, like ghosts, I was, I think I got to like 40. I think I got to, it was close to first prestige. And I'm like, I just don't want to. I just yeah, don't care. Yeah. I think I was right about the same for ghost, even though I really like ghosts. I mean, probably more than this whole chat room right now, but you know, um, <laughs> well, ghost was better than infinite warfare. I think everyone can, can agree multiplayer wise. Yeah. Multiplayer wise. Yeah. Infinite yeah. warfare campaign was interesting. I, I thought it was fantastic. It I think it's one of the best like cinematic wise in that the other planets good acting interesting yeah. robot multiplayer for infinite warfare was a pain for me i do know it got better and they changed it and improved it and mm-hmm. stuff but like dude it lost me yeah it lost so, me i just hate how they took something so cool as like 
going around in space and like all this like really cool stuff and then like literally as soon as you click on to multiplayer this little cutscene plays and in the cutscene they basically just all over the single player and say well you know you know they were basically saying it's like we don't do any of that like you know nerdy you know nerdy stuff was like this is all about being bros and killing stuff i mean obviously i'm paraphrasing but that's pretty much like the gist that he talked about it's like this isn't about you know this and this this is just about going out and killing it's like so they pretty much just said like everything that you would have learned from single player meant absolutely because it's like here it's just like yeah let's be bros and let's get our kg up man (laughs) well so drifter let me ask you a question do you think that infinite warfare um at launch and then and then at, pretty much until the next call of duty do you think that did a lot to harm call of duty content yes for it hurt the call of duty brand it crushed my content my channel um <laughs> me personally it was a nightmare <laughs> yeah yeah I, I kind of got that that vibe because i remember i mean the trailer was was one of the biggest indicators at the start was how many dislikes it yeah. got compared yeah. to compared to likes. But I remember, you know, cause I followed, uh, I, I followed a lot of creators over the past, you know, since, since YouTube started. And I, I remember almost unanimously, it was like, okay, I'm not seeing as much call of duty content anymore from, from any, and now it's cool and again. I, I, I completely understand, but what I said, and now it's cool again. <laughs> yeah for now yeah, yeah. yeah for now right until next year till infinity ward i really up hope they redeem themselves i no, really no, no, do they won't. Uh, I, <laughs> and see that's one thing that's one thing i think is definitely worth talking about i've always liked treyarch and i've always felt like treyarch is just like the best call of duty maker and in fact if you go like back into the history of just like call of duty in general i feel like treyarch when there are innovations that not only get made in Call of Duty, but actually stick around, it's Treyarch doing it. Pick 10, um, you know, like the uh, uh, the specialists of like the ultimates or whatever, basically. It's like stuff like mm-hmm. that stuck around because Treyarch did it and they did it right, you know. But then anything well, else like the destructible environments and Ghost or... Um, like the dashing. I mean, I don't know what to call it because it's, it wasn't, it was a, what was it? Uh, advanced warfare, advanced warfare came around. They just very, you know what I mean? Like, so like that didn't stick around, but anytime something new comes up, it's usually from Treyarch and it's usually the best, at least in my opinion. Well, so it's, it's very interesting, especially going back to infinite and see, I did it. I did it just now. (laughs) Infinity ward. Um, to actually visibly be able to see talent leaving when um, the I, I, I can't remember their names, but whenever they created Respawn, and then when Titanfall came right. out, Vincent Pella and Adam West. Thank you, and Titanfall Two in particular because I've spent the most time in there. How much of a fantastic game Titanfall Two is? Right, right. If only EA wasn't trying to kill Titanfall. Oh my God, they're yeah. just like no, definitely not. No, not by any means. I still say it's one of the jet, best jetpack games of no, the Titanfall, generation. Both Titanfall 1 and 2 are beautiful games, mm-hmm. but they got killed by EA way too early. Yep. For sure. So EA For forced sure. Titanfall 1 Xbox exclusive, even though they were literally developing a PlayStation version, and the lead developers found out it was Xbox exclusive while they were on the show floor of E3. What? 
Yep. Oh my god. And then they told him, oh yeah, since the Xbox One isn't getting a lot of sales, you now have to make an Xbox 360 version. Yay. Okay. Oh, uh, and then for Titanfall 2, I think they just sensed that Call of Duty was weak and there was blood in the water that year. So they launched Titanfall 2 to compete with Call of Duty yep. and with their own product, mm-hmm. Battlefield. And with Overwatch, and I think that's when Siege was picking up, and all these other games just dumped in like one week, either massive updates or new releases. Yeah. And then there's Titanfall 2 sandwiched in there. Uh, yeah, that was single-handedly the stupidest decision that they could have made. It was definitely like the first, you know, the first cut of a thousand cuts. You know, like it's. It, I hope. I mean, I feel like at this point it's just a fanboy hope. But it's like, I hope they keep going. But it's like, if they do, it's like, at what cost? was? What's it going to cost, um, you know, respawn? You know, because now they are under the boot of EA. And it's like, mm-hmm. what will that look like? I think like? that was what they wanted, is they wanted them to underperform so they could force buy Exactly. Like, so, like yeah, uh, polit- or inner office like politics and stuff can sometimes just be like one of the most interesting things which is why i'm kind of glad that something like uh no clip exists it's like i'm glad or jason schreier for instance i'm glad that we're getting taken serious enough where it's like people actually want to like dive deep into like what makes games and everything like i still can't wait to figure out what the f- happened with konami and stuff like that will be like the shane dawson needs to do a konami special <laughs> in the side or in the mind of konami right and the in the mind of kojima and then it's just the most like philosophical thing you've ever ingested (laughs) right um so i uh last one zombies best zombies experience drifter um i'm in the same boat you are because i can't like i don't play that much zombies dude really uh Yeah, really, I don't play zombies. Oh, I can only do so many things at one time. <laughs> well, so. of course, yeah. I've got enough balance stuff to balance as is. I'm a huge zombie fan. It's you know, it's kind of kind of easy for me. I'd say, I'd say two two biggest ones is I'm actually one of the people who actually like really like transit, even though like like the quote unquote OG like zombie fans they kind of didn't like it, even though I feel like there was a resurgence towards the end. Uh, but I really like that, and then I'd say one of my one of my favorite ones um, of all time has to be Mob of the Dead. You know, getting all the parts of the plane together, and you know, sh- flying over there, and that's how you get your that's how you get your pack a punch or whatever. Like doing that was like, and it's and even when you look at its counterpart, which is now Blood of the Dead. What I like about it so much is that it takes what I absolutely loved about Mob of the Dead and it expands on it. So it's like I was actually kind of pissed off. Like it, we're, we're launch day. I get on. I'm like, OK, like I'm the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to play zombies. Like I got my wife here. We like playing zombies together. So that's what we're going to do. Boom. We go in. I go to Blood of the Dead because Mob of the Dead's my favorite one of all time. I get in there. I'm like, well, this is different. I go to the next area. This is still different. What the heck? Where's, where's, you know, where's the corridors and where's the, you know, Broadway? Like, where's, where's my map? And I'm like, I'm so pissed. It wasn't until, um, 
it wasn't until like the day after or maybe even three days after because I tried out the other zombie maps as well uh, until I finally got to the spot where you actually get into the prison because like you start off on like a separate island and mm-hmm. so then there's other things that are just expanded like you can actually go into the warden's like house and you can there's just like certain trails that are a little bit different even like even getting the redeemer which is the tomahawk um even getting that is very similar but then how you actually uh retrieve it is a little bit different so i like that um and so but i just what so you just made yourself laugh i do it all the time um um but i mean it it it's probably one of my funnest experiences in zombies in general. Um, and then like, I'll, I'll cheat a little bit because actually my favorite, one of my favorite, not the favorite, cause it's still mob of the dead. Uh, but one of my favorite zombies experience is, is um, actually extinction. I super, super loved. It's extinction. very underrated. Um, oh yeah. Extremely underrated. The fact that it was attached to ghost is one of the main reasons that it sucked. I feel like if they could have like somehow taken that mode and just made it its own game, like and maybe charge like fourteen ninety nine, nineteen ninety nine, something like that. Like if they could have done that all by itself, you know, or if there was a Kickstarter that said we're remaking Extinction, but it's its own game, I'd be like, here's my money, just shut up, don't tell me anything else. <laughs> here's my goddamn money. I would take it in heart because like the extinction mode was so good. And I did a video about this recently, basically saying how it's like I really wish all the different companies would just do their own damn thing. Because as soon as everybody just started copying zombies, it just became so redundant it just became bad and Treyarch here you come along and they come with their zombie modes and it's just so much better because they know how to treat it they know how to pace pacing is the the biggest thing just they know how to pace it correctly and just any of the other zombie modes it's like oh there's zombies but now they have exosuits on it oh there's zombies but now it's the 80s and you know the lifeguard guys here yeah, I mean, I can agree, I can agree with that just because, like, in Modern Warfare uh, two and three, I loved uh, Spec Ops. Like, I, I liked having that additional side thing, and kind of wish that that's what we got with Specialist Headquarters. And a little, a little disappointed in that, uh, but I can, I can understand, I guess. But yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree with what you're saying. I think Extinction is one of the standouts, and I personally think that Infinite Warfare Zombies is is a is a decent standout. Just because it, to me, it feels like traditional zombies that we know. It's got really different, fun film settings. Um, whereas, like, I tried to play World War II zombies because it looked a lot more horror and it looked like it would be fun, but I just I couldn't. It just didn't have the same feeling. Like I I couldn't get into it. But I think that was a detriment to most of the audience. the The film setting for Infinite Warfare Zombies was great. The '80s and they had '80s actors, and then you did '90s and you had '90s actors. Yeah. And then you did '50s and you didn't have '50s actors, but you had Elvira who watched '50s movies, and you had all these. You had Pam Greer and Pee Wee Herman and Scooby Doo references. Kevin Smith. Huh. Yeah, Kevin Smith, Jane Silent Bob. You had a lot of deep, uh, good, like, horror movie trope Easter eggs and that any fan of horror or a movie fan would appreciate. But the majority of the audience, which are teenagers, 
would not have seen those films or learned those things yet or give a shit about them. They want new things. Old is for old people. So I think they really missed their core audience despite the fact that they made a really good zombies mode. Oh, and that some of the maps were unfinished when they launched that idiot patch later. So, I mean, Nate, did you have any, like, zombies experiences? Uh, not necessarily. I, I think... The Titanic um, was pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah. The, the, the Titanic was fun, yeah, for sure. Voyage of Despair is really fun. My favorite experiences have been with Black Ops 4 so far. Um, I do love Black Ops 1 zombies. Um, I love all the maps from 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 there, you know, Kino. And, and I know most of those are, or a majority of those is from uh, World at mm-hmm. War. But um, I really just, uh, that was probably the most that I played zombies was in Black Ops 1. And then, um, you know, there and there. I'm not, like, if Jeff was on here, he would just go an hour about how, oh, yeah, zombies. Yeah, but I'm not a big Easter egg guy. Like, that's kind of the thing with zombies is I, I'll play for the horde mode yeah. aspect, but I, the Easter egg thing, I just never really got into. Yeah, I was know? kind of the same way. Like, even now, it's like, like, I look at some videos online about how to do certain things, and I'm just like, that's too much. It's just too much. It's like, you know, like, I don't mind doing the pack-a-punch. That's super fun. And doing some of the more – doing certain steps to the Easter eggs is fine. But then it's, like, going through everything and having to get out your calligraphy and, like, getting a master's degree in, like, other languages and stuff, like, to just to finish is so ridiculous. And, like, I think one of the worst um, ones was actually Origins, which uh, – if you don't know is basically the one that was kind of like in the trenches with the giant ass robots. Um, but like there were certain things like you had to like decipher certain things on the wall and then that turned it into like notes on a keyboard. And then you had to do the notes down in the, I don't know. It was, it was so I watched it and I'm just like, why would I do that just for the, accomplishment of doing well not only that but like this goes back to we had a discussion one or two episodes ago but we were talking about like um like the adventure games and how it's like it basically has you do certain things and it's like why would i ever even think about doing that you know without actually without actually or with just playing the game and trying to have a good time why would i think of doing x y and z i wouldn't you like the only way you created it that way was specifically for those type of gamers who hunt for that kind of stuff but that's not everybody it's like i wish there was like maybe one easter egg that was you know easily obtainable and then another one that was just kind of in the background i don't know like i guess that would kind of defeat the purpose though I mean, I can't think it really comes down to, like, I know for, not for a fact, but that whole thing with Easter eggs is, is uh, at least how it was explained to me, is it's very much like like niche to the to the core core zombies players. You know, it's stuff that they love, but a lot of the majority either don't do them or are, you know, just, just play to play. So it, it really just depends on, on who you are, kind of what style you like to play pretty much. Uh so I think like the last subject we'll kind of talk about is like, you know, um, where do we hope black ops will go in the future? Um, I think me and me and Nate were take, talking the other day. We watched your video. Um, the funny one where you did the sacrifices to the Treyarch or whatever. Oh my and you God, were basically, dude. you were basically saying that, you know, blackout should be its own thing. So it's like, unfortunately we don't get that situation because that would obviously be the best situation, but of the situation we have right now, like what would be, um, what would be what we hope 
comes from uh, Black Ops and like their whole season that they have planned. I would hope they'd spin Blackout into a twenty or thirty dollar game on its own, or even Zombies on its own. It's they're at a point where each product is so independent they can yes. separate it. They just put in the contraband supply stream, and they did the math. It takes 500 hours of play to unlock the whole tiers without paying any money, which or it, it averages out to about 8 or 10 hours a day for the whole pass, mm-hmm. which is ludicrous, and I'm not doing that. So there has to be, and I do get that the supply stream thing has to be monetized in some way, because that's going to be their new version of microtransactions, however this pans right. out. It's going to be like a Fortnite season pass, kind of, right? But in the Fortnite season pass, it launched with clearly separated tiers of, of stuff. This one just has one tier, and we don't know what the monetization point is going to be, but we do know the tier we've got is super slow, which turns a lot of people off. So that needs some work. And what I'm really hoping for is a lot of events for Blackout. I don't care that much about regular multiplayer. The Battle Royale has me. Hook, line, and sinker, yeah. I'm in. Multiplayer, I was good with during the reveal and stuff, but now that I've played Blackout, it's just not as appealing. Mm-hmm. Blackout needs uh, more gun camos, more character skins. It needs the emotes and stuff are obviously coming. Blackout needs a few, you know, balance patches and stuff, but events like on Halloween, there's zombies everywhere, all over the map. Yes, yes, please. Just, just things like that. On Halloween, every person you kill, they come back as a zombie. So be careful when you wipe that squad. Yes. Or Day of the Dead, something, and then uh, Christmas, the map is snowy. You have to be able to do these kind of things. Or on Christmas, the supply. Uh, thing that flies by a Santa Claus on his sleigh and you have to shoot him down and go pick up the present packages. (laughs) Just dumb. Blackout is a mode where you can do those dumb things and get away with them. And that's what I want to see. Yeah, definitely. Go ahead. I, you kind of touched on this a little bit in in that same video, which by the way, I'm not just to blow smoke up your ass. That was one of my, like, I saw the, 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 the preview that you posted on Twitter. And I was like, I wonder what this is going to be. And then that, that Vonderhaar sacrifice video was just <laughs> hilarious. But one of the things you pointed on was that, uh, potentially having blackout be, at least I'm pretty sure you did. If not anyway, uh, is have going forward into new call of duties, have blackout be okay. Now it's your turn. You're going to put, add your additions to the map. You're going to do this for like sledgehammer mm-hmm. or for uh, infinity war. My personal opinion, I think that Blackout is exciting in the sense of this could be a new territory for Call of Duty to not necessarily dominate, but a to kind of get out of the, oh, it's just another Call of Duty every year. Yeah. Like Now they have something to talk about, and now they have something that going forward could be something super cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I... I agree with that 100%. I think that would be fantastic. Uh, and that would get me to play more, have more like seasonal event kind of things. Um, I've enjoyed my time with Blackout. I'm I'm still kind of waning into it just because I've always just been multiplayer, multiplayer, multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I liked Fortnite, but I'm not, I'm not a big Battle Royale player, but Blackout um, so far has been my favorite out of all the ones that I've played. Oh, yeah. I definitely have to agree as far as, you know, uh, my liking it. I, re- I like it a lot. Um, um, I, I, I would like one of my main complaints, and I, like, I, I don't play enough of it, you know, but I talked about this before on Weekly Grind. Um, but one of my main complaints is I feel like most of the time when the circle, you know, hones in on something, it's not on a main 
you know, it's not on a point of interest. It's Main in, area. It's in the like middle of bump nowhere. And so I'm like, but I want I want it to close down on Nuketown. I want it to close down on the asylum. On, it does sometimes. It does sometimes, yes. I'm just saying, like, I wish it happened a lot more often. Well, that's the nature of Battle Royale games, though. Even Fortnite and PUBG is that there's more, we'll say, empty space than there are named locations True. and big spots. So, I mean, that could be so something just... to differentiate themselves. Make it make it an event, so to speak. You know, like, or yeah. not just like... But I kind of like fighting in the woods and stuff better because the woods and the rocks are like they're like bounce houses. You've got cover and planes and it's kind of simple mm-hmm. and you move around and you use the hills. If you're fighting in the construction or in Nuketown yeah. uh, with the bunkers, it just turns into absolute chaos. Yeah, it makes point. it more tense, too. Because, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I, I was playing with, uh, with T-Fools and we were like outside of... We were close to the to the um, hydro plant, um, but no, no, we were close to where the track is, where the railroad track is. We were on a hill, and there are people that were sniping, and so we're like, all right, like get down. And we were like prone in the grass, and then from different angles, we were hearing the ATVs come in, and we, like it's kind of one of those. I don't know what's going on. Do I pop up? When do I not? It, like mm-hmm. I liked that a lot more than just jumping straight. Like I, I rarely ever jump into firing range, um, just because I'm. I don't. I, I like the longevity of it. I don't want to just You don't jump like to die it. in 30 seconds because exactly. you found a pistol and they have level three armor and shotgun. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not me. That's not me. I like the long game. Yeah, I, I like the idea, especially for Halloween, having like zombies everywhere. I remember them saying something, and I don't know if this was just like offhandedly or if it was actually like an official thing, but I remember them saying something about like their Halloween event. It has more of a chance of ending on a zombie spot but it's like i like mm-hmm. your version more where it's like there's just zombies everywhere you know like i, I, I that, like that like um back when kinda i turns had, like into daisy what sorry kind of turns it into like daisy for a season right um uh, i when i had a um another podcast once in a fortnight i had a whole section where like i pitched an idea and my idea was basically like a pvp ve where it's like you have you have everybody dropping dropping in, but then you also had the husks. So you have the different types of husks, um, you know, just normal ones, the big smashers, uh, pitchers, which are the ones that like throw stuff at you, have all those. And instead of having chests, you get your loot from the different types of husks. So in this case, maybe zombies. Um, and then the harder the husk was, the more likely you'd get like some really good loot. And it's like, I really wish, you know, they would have done something like that because like for me, I came into Fortnite from save the world. And then I could, I could say the same thing about black ops um, or blackout rather that I came into this from zombies, my love of zombies, my love of multiplayer and stuff like that. So that they could figure out ways to not just differentiate it from other battle rounds, but just really make it its own thing. And having modes like that is really what they need to do. Like they need to go crazy. You know, you can have your duos and quads and stuff like that, have that and then have a completely new one, maybe change it up every week, change it up every other week, you know, keep it interesting, you know, cause one thing that they said during their launch thing that I thought was interesting was like, they were like, Oh, we want people to be playing this, for four years it's like this for four years it's like i could see that on one hand but on another hand it's like what are you gonna do to keep me there 
because that's the that's the most important part is like keeping the people there keeping us interested and i mean they really just they need to they need to go crazy because it's like when Fortnite is doing like missiles and volcanoes and stuff <laughs> um it's just you need to do something just as good or you need to be so different that it's just even better i don't know <laughs> well um i think that's going to be the show um thank you so much drifter for coming on here glad to be here thank you for having me and um make sure you guys check out drifter if you haven't already obviously he's on youtube or check him out on twitter or twitch or any other places um yeah thank you so much for joining us today drifter it was really nice to have you on and you know hopefully hopefully we can stay in contact and everything nate thank you so much as always as being good co-host see i just assumed you're gonna on me but hey no why would i do that you're so good at what you do it's not your fault that what you do is they don't know what happens they don't know they don't know what happens off air. I mean, don't lie to them. Just oh yeah. Once once, once these recordings go off, it's just like close out the show, you <laughs> jerk. All right, thank you for joining us for Nerd to the Third, where you can always talk nerdy to me. Power of three. Shut the fuck up, phone. Movies and nerd culture. <laughs> What's the we're, episode? We're, that's what I was about to ask. Were you guys what the episode was? I think it's seventeen. Seventeen? Okay. <clears throat> you want to watch Sophia, baby? Okay. Well, you give Daddy just a little bit longer, okay? <laughs> okay. I love you. It's. I Be swear, careful. it's the cutest thing. Anytime we record, <laughs> it's it's so cute. Okay. You want to go? You want to go shut the door, sweetie? Or do you want to stay in here? Um. What was the last thing you said? I had to mute. <laughs> uh, that's a, it's cool. It's my life. I understand. You know, me, right? You know. No, I'm sorry. I had to mute because she was starting to talk again. It's fine. I, it, what I said wasn't very important anyway. <laughs> I just said that Easter eggs are for... that Easter eggs are, are niche to a very hardcore group of zombie players, and that most yes. players don't go that deep in. Um, unlike me and your mom, when the rent is due. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my life. <laughs> it's always some variation of the rent's due. I gotta have some money. Your mom's around, so, you know. Give the old gal just a couple of. <laughs>